You are listening to the REI Mastermind Podcast. Join JD as he chats with industry-leading real estate experts and professionals. We learn from their experience and uncover the strategies to their success that we can implement into our own businesses and we can drive immediate results today. They share their experience and wisdom as we build the foundation to our own success. This is the REI Mastermind Network. Well, we have Jennifer Mertland, and we're going to have kind of a treat here tonight. We're going to keep this really conversational because um, you're a realtor. And yeah. You have your own podcast. Oh no! You sounded like that was like a bad word there. Well, I told you it's sometimes a four-letter word. No, I'm, I'm you're kidding. I'm kidding. But yeah, you know, I, I, this is going to be a great conversation because I always like talking to realtors because you know, as as an investor, we're always mm-hmm. looking to build our team, and and realtors yeah. are a big part of that. But before we start, I want to make sure that everybody has your contact information right sure. off the bat. Great. So definitely make sure you check out Jennifer's podcast. You got your own podcast called Toe to Toe, uh, and uh, I, I'm sure it's on every podcast platform. Um, it is. It's just, really a it's Toe to Toe podcast, and it's really a podcast for real estate agents to yeah. help them like um, figure out there's a lot of ways to do their job. So it's pretty funny. We. There's, I have a co-host and we battle about topics back and forth. So we really disagree and fight about it. Just showing people that there's a lot of ways to be successful. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what makes things interesting. I mean, if you, if <laughs> right. you agree with everything, I mean, what it, it's the drama that draws people in, right? It is. I tell her all the time because she's like, she's more like you, like laid back, relaxed. Like it depends. And I'm like, and I'm more like, one way or the other, like I'll change my mind within a minute. But like I always tell her, you cannot be Switzerland. You just have to choose a side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've I've heard that myself. Then I, gotta, I believe it, you. Mm-hmm. Got to be a little bit more decisive. I no, guess. and I was looking at some of your episodes, and I I think it's going to spur some of our conversation because it'll be good to chat about a few of these things as well. One of them is your last episode. Episode 56, should you use a script? Yeah. You guys should definitely, investors should use a script. I mean, for sure. Well, I started off as a wholesaler and we used to, I used to wholesale short sales. So Mm -hmm. this was back before I became an agent because I was like, realtors, they don't really do anything. Like, they're kind of dumb. Like, what do they really, (laughs) why do they get paid so much? So I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to wholesale properties, which is basically being a realtor. Yeah, I can I can see that. But we so what, what? Well, you you your eyes rolled a little bit for those people <laughs> who aren't watching the video. Um, when you said, "Yeah, you guys should use a script," right? I, I saw a bit of an eye roll there. You don't believe in scripts? I'm going to guess. No, I think you always should use a script. So, like, even when we were wholesaling, so I would send out, and and you guys have heard this like a million times. I would send out the yellow letters in like the red writing. And then it would be addressed like in, in red and like the stamp would be a little crooked to make sure that I got the calls back. I mean, you've heard this a thousand times, right? Oh, like this, yeah, this yeah. strategy that has been implemented since the beginning of time. And, but when people would call, I would have a script and basically like a checklist of what I would ask them because I need to know, is this worth me going out there 
are they, are they motivated enough for me to get it at a wholesale price? Mm-hmm. And I do that now with my clients as a realtor. I mean, not a wholesale price, but like, are they motivated enough to sell it at, at a resale price? I also work with investors that will offer them like a really, you know, an investor price too. So like, where do they stand? But in order to hear them, you have to have your script. You have to know what you're asking and you have to understand what the outcome is that you want to be. Yeah. What no, I, I, I'm going to agree with you on it as well. I mean, mm-hmm. as, especially when you're starting off to just yeah. kind of get on the phone cold call. But I, I do you think that there's a, when, when now we're, see, we're in the deep in the thick of it already. <laughs> when you're building your script. Yeah. Um, what do you think about how it's weighted, weighted, you know, especially when you're trying to build any kind of rapport? And- I think building rapport is, I don't know how to like say this nicely, but I think people tend to go there and say, I'm building rapport, but it's like kind of a cop out. Cause here's the thing, people by how you talk, maybe different words that you use, your accent, they're going to make snap judgments. Building rapport, it, you act, people act like it takes a long time, but people instantly make up their mind. If you mm-hmm. remind them of their cousin, they're going to like you. If you say something that their dad always said or their mom always said, like they're going to either like you or hate you, depending on what they thought about their dad, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you remind them of somebody, that's going to shape their opinion of you. So I think building rapport is it's weighted too much in our conversation, but I don't think it means that much like I think they place too people place too much value on it mm-hmm. or, and it doesn't even exist or something. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. See, you know, part of my rapport building, you know, that uh-huh. when I'm, I'm talking is that what I'm trying to get to is the underlying like reason they're calling me. Sure. Because more times than not when they're calling me, you know, I, in fact, that's sometimes part of my script. I will ask, you know, why if, if I can't, if I can't, get to the gist of it right off the bat. Yeah. You know, I, I usually say something like, you know, most people, they know, they know what I do and then I have to buy properties at a discount. And right. there's usually a reason there you're calling me. What, what is that reason? You know, and I've you been that blunt. That's not building. I mean, that's you being just direct with the question. Right. And that's what I like to do. It's just like, it's like be direct. You know, you, you called me for a reason. I'd love what, what is it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) they will usually tell you and if they don't tell you it's like you know you seem a little hesitant i'm curious you but you Mm -hmm. still pick up the phone what's going on you know are you and then Mm -hmm. maybe give them choices right because some people need choices like are you looking to sell it to an investor so that you can like where are you planning on moving after this do you need to be there by a certain time um do you i mean there's a million questions you can ask them to get to the meat if they're not being direct with you. But those Mm -hmm. questions are very directed questions. Building rapport to me sounds like you're almost like you're beating around the bush. Mm. Maybe I'm interpreting it wrong. What is it like? What does it mean to you? Well, no, I wouldn't call it beating around the bush. It's, it's, it is building that building at least a relationship of some time. And we've, we've had that, situation where if I send, if I go or my business partner goes to a house, yeah. I mean, we won't talk numbers. We won't even talk about buying for almost right. an hour into the conversation. 
you know, but do you um, think that they've already, do you think if, but that's you just like kind of reading the room. Yeah. But you're still building that rapport, you know, it's that whole no like, and trust, you know? Right. And, um, because, you know, frankly, you know, we've been doing this for quite a while now, and I still get people calling thinking we're a scam of some kind. Oh, sure. Well, because there are actually a lot of people that do scam. They'll do like, I mean, there are a lot of scammers, you know, like when mm-hmm. there were a lot of people in my circles that would do contract for deed. And that's not a scam, but there were some scammers that did that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm a landlord and I rent houses, but I regularly have scammers saying that the rent that are pretending like they're renting the house. You know what I mean? Right. No, we even had that in our neighbor, in our world there like a year or so ago. Yeah. Like rent people renting, trying to rent our places that didn't own them. Like it was. Yeah. Do you so know they what? Would, time they would I, like, had, uh, I was selling the house and there was another agent in my office that was leasing it which was kind of weird because I, I do both. So it was like weird, but anyway, it didn't matter. So anyway, I drove past the house. It was vacant and somebody was like living there. Literally I had been there the day before and now I'm there now. And there's like curtains up, the blinds are pulled. I was like, what the heck? And they had literally like moved into the house. And really? so I knocked on the door, of course. <laughs> I was like, who are you? You know? And they're like, oh, well we, we moved in the house. I'm like, what, how did you get the keys? Like, how did you see this property? And like, it come to find out, it was so weird. It was like, they got, it was like a Craigslist scam. I don't even know how they got into the property. They somehow got like the lockbox number. It was crazy. I had to call the police and then they found, they moved out. Hmm. But it was nuts. They actually were living in the property in like less than 24 hours. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I've never, I haven't gotten it that far. We, you know, we, <laughs> well, lucky you. I'm sure you will. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Well, when know, he was a pastor too, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had we've we've had people uh, like hijack our list. You know, if they oh, saw yeah. something as a uh, vacant, you know, and we're posting on Facebook Marketplace yeah. or whatever, then they'll create a Craigslist ad with the same yeah. photos and stuff like that. That yeah. happens every time. Like every time I list a house, like for um for rent or uh rent to own or something like that it always gets kidnapped Mm -hmm. i feel bad for the people because some people really get scammed on that it's terrible and you can't really prevent it right no i always tell people if it's like too good to be true it probably is i don't know (laughs) that's probably true (laughs) so we well you know we're going to change the subject a little bit because you and i before we started hitting the record button yeah. We talked about one of the big questions that you and I both get a yeah. lot. Yes. Should you become a realtor? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, think we're gonna, <laughs> we'll battle about this. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, this is one of those things, and you said, I got to pick a side. But I, yeah. I, uh, I actually think it's a pretty, you know, pros and cons to each, and it depends on your goals. Um, True. But we kind of agree on this, you know. I, I also we've we've just never done it because we just feel like it it actually opens things up quite a bit. We work with a ton of realtors in yeah. our current situation. Well, I think as an investor, yeah, I agree with you. It does depend on your goals, and I think that 
because I, I was an investor first before I was licensed. So I was an investor and we wholesaled short sales. And this is 2008, 9, 10. I became licensed in like June of 10. And June of 2010 was around the time that the bank were, the banks, well, they never know how to do math. And that always baffles me. <laughs> like, how do you not? Anyway, that's a whole side tangent. Oh, you and I could have that tangent. I <laughs> well, recently had, yeah, uh, man. Yeah, it's terrible. But it's like, okay, they were deciding that even though in our contract that we sent to them and we were disclosing that we were wholesaling the property, so we were making that spread, um, they didn't like that. They they wanted it to like go on the market and all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should get my license. But the thing is, is like it sort of shackled me. I mean, literally, I got in trouble almost every day. <laughs> my broker was like, you can't do that. I was like, yeah, I mean, I hear you, but like, it makes sense. What I'm doing actually like logically makes sense. And she was like, yeah, but it's a violation of your license. I was like, but that's dumb. And she's like, yeah, I know, but you still can't do it. I was like, this is so stupid. (laughs) So it's like, I feel like if you are an investor, you're better off finding an agent to work with. That's like an investor agent. And I think a number of your guests have um, previously talked about that because it's really like a very, very small percentage of agents that know how to work with investors and are investors themselves, right? Sure. And then everybody else, they don't know how to do it. They get frustrated. They don't want to look and put so many offers in, like all this stuff. They don't They don't understand math either, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, I don't know. I, I'm pretty hard no on if you're going to be an investor, you shouldn't get licensed. But I'm a pretty hard yes that if you're going to be a realtor, you should own investment property. So I don't know really know what that says. <laughs> <laughs> I think like, that's yeah, pretty good advice either way. Can I ask you, like, what what were some of those things that like really surprised you? You got in trouble with that you, uh, or do you not want to be want to admit to it? Oh no, I don't care. Let me think. I mean, I always get in trouble. I feel like if you don't get in trouble often, you're not like pushing the envelope. Mm. You know, like I just got in trouble for my social media. I was like, this is stupid. Like, if somebody puts their house on the market and there's a picture on the internet. It seems like I can repost that, but I guess there's yeah. rules. Yeah, well, I, there's rules. I don't. I still don't know what they are. I got a call. Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> um, what did I get in trouble for? I'm trying to remember. It was like everything. Everything I did, would, I would get in trouble for. Like you're not really supposed to wholesale if you're an agent, and I don't wholesale anymore. So like now, if I have a good investment, um. I will present it to my, I only work with a couple of investor clients, like ones that I know we do a lot of deals. Like I don't want to work with too many just because like I want to find them deals. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or like yeah. for myself. Um, and so like there was one that just happened where I was like, this is a really good deal. Like I would buy it for a rental, but it needed a, it needed a lot of work, which I'm capable of doing, but like my guy would really like it too. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well let me, one of my investors, I was like, well, let me present it to him. And then maybe he can fix it up and then I'll just buy it from him as a rental. Like that could work. Mm-hmm. So like, I like to work with investors that are like uh, either compatible with what I'm doing or they're like kind of opposite of what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like a good marriage, not like competing. Cause that's not fun, but I'm trying to think of what I got in trouble for. I honestly can't, it's always something, <laughs> you know, cause they have so many rules that make, they're just stupid rules. The rules for, to make rules. It almost sounds like the government. 
It's the government. It's Congress. Yes. I feel like every time they make a rule, they should have to take one out. You know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, maybe we should run for president and vice president of the world. Mm, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> so, especially now. <laughs> yeah, especially now. So I, I want to insert one more time that, you know, uh, if you like what you're hearing, Jennifer uh, has her own podcast. Make sure you check out Toe to Toe podcast. And I'm going to make sure that all of your links are in the show notes. But uh, I also understand now through here that you're pretty, uh, probably pretty active on social media. So yeah, definitely. And mo- and everything's under my name, Jennifer Mertland. So yeah. I like to like so, get into, you know, stir the pot a little bit, as they say. Yeah. I feel like we need to shake it up, you know? Like investors aren't bad. I remember like wholesaling people, even now they're like, oh, that's bad. You shouldn't wholesale. And I'm like, no, it's actually good. The client, they don't want to deal with it being on the market and having showings. Like they're okay with getting less money just because you're selling your house, your goal. And we've got in a fight about this on our podcast. The goal is not always, I want the most amount of money. Sometimes it's terms. And that's what, that's what investors do. We offer terms in exchange for a reduced price. Yeah. It's just whatever they value more. Exactly. Mm. And that's why you need a script. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) To understand what they want. So you can help them get what they want, you know? Yep. Yep. No, you you mentioned a couple of times you've, you've had a lot of experience with short sales. Oh yeah. Ton. That's what we did. Wholesale. I think they're coming back. You think we're going to get them back? I think so too. The forbearance rate is not low. It's, it's not high though, which is weird, but I guess they've like, it's still stalled. Right? Yeah. Before we go into this though, I think we, you better define what a short sale is for people. Okay. So a short sale is not a short process. It is a long <laughs> process. The short refers because to the, the banks have to do their math That's what right, on their, yeah, non-calculate with their fingers. So the short refers to the financial shortage that the bank is taking. So they're taking a loss, which is Mm -hmm. the short. So we would negotiate with them to purchase the house for less than what is owed on the house Mm -hmm. is what it is. And and in that, they generally, we try to get them to release that debt so so the seller doesn't have to pay, repay the debt or repay the tax on the debt. Mm -hmm. Sure. So you've done quite a few of these. Oh, tons. I mean, a lot as a, as a, more before. As a wholesaler or as a, as, a, as a realtor? Mostly as a wholesaler because that's how we would get our properties. So I would, um, in our county, well, I serve, I serve four different counties when I was doing this in Cincinnati, Ohio, and um, they were published in the newspaper or online at the auditor. So we would get the notice and then I would go knock on their door and say, Hey, has the, I noticed that you were in default. Has the bank talked to you about a short sale? And I'm nice. I mean, at the time I was like 28. So I'm this little kid, basically, you know, knocking on doors, like nice as pie, look like a good Ohio girl. Like, Hey, has anybody told you about short sale? <laughs> and they're like, no, honey. And I'm like, let me help you. And then I go in and like, just talk to them, you know, like, here's what a short sale is. Here's what a deed in lieu of foreclosure is. Here's what they're doing, which is foreclosing on you. 
Mm-hmm. So like, let's talk about your choices. Let's talk about your life, figure out which one could be the best. I mean, sometimes the short sale is not their best option. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well maybe we should list it. Here's an agent that I work with. Cause at the time I wasn't lit. I wasn't an agent. So it's like, it would be better if you listed it, you know, based on your financials. Sure. Um, but I would knock on their door, get the deal. We did a ton of them. And then a lot of them, we would, we would make the offer. And this was back when we could buy it and sell it within the same five minutes without mm-hmm. actually taking title. I don't think you can do that anymore. I think it depends on the state. Okay. In Ohio, it's very frowned upon, which I don't know why. They consider it, I guess, fraudulent, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it just it's it's kind of a kind of a strange process. Like we've we've had experience in North Dakota and Minnesota, uh-huh. uh, for the most part, and uh, it's easier in North Dakota. That's weird. I don't know. So we would I I was able to get a lot of properties because I would say, hey, look, uh, we want to buy the property for this amount, which would be lower which would be an investor offer, but it would also include a spread for a wholesaler. And mm-hmm. I would tell them I can only buy it if I can resell it at a certain price. Um, but then a lot of times the deal was actually like pretty good, but mm-hmm. we negotiated the bank. The bank would say, yes, we would um, get the BPO agent to say what the, what the price was in line with our offer and we would buy them. I still own some of them today. So, so and then as, as the wholesaler, you're the one talking to the banker at that point. Yeah. Well, I have, uh, my mom was actually my partner at the time. And so she would do the negotiating. Like I was more the face, the sales, because that back end negotiation takes a lot. So like, um, it's a lot of time and it's a lot more administrative work and paperwork stuff. So like, I think if, if you're going to do short sales, you have to realize that there's, there's kind of two parts. The first part is like getting the deal, which is mm-hmm. more of a sales role a people person. The second part is like the paperwork princess is what we used to call it. Like you're detail oriented. Like you follow all the rules, you fill out all the forms. Like mm-hmm. I, probably you can tell I'm not that person. <laughs> like I never follow the rules. The rules are, or the paper is not in order by page. Like it is mm-hmm. all over the place, upside down, mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, you come across as somebody that the rules are a mere suggestion. Correct. They are right. <laughs> That's why they keep changing them. (laughs) So my mom would process them and just talk to the bank because it requires a lot of follow-up. And there are a bunch of companies out there um, that actually will do that if you can get the deal. So the getting the deal part is, I mean, that's the key. It's like all investment. Like you win on the the front end, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like you have to be able to talk to the people to get as long as it's the best for them, then get them to say yes and get it at a price that is also good for you and for them that the bank will agree to, you know? Did you, did you find some banks easier to deal with than others? Back then for sure. Like fifth, third, I don't, do you guys have fifth, third? No. I think that's a local bank. Um, Wells Fargo back then was bank of America was the worst, but one time they gave somebody $25,000. He had not paid his mortgage in years, like years. Mm-hmm. And they gave him $25,000 to leave. 
I was like, this is amazing. You should wow. take this. I know. I don't know how they would do it now because that always ebbed and flowed from year to year. Good Mm. banks, easy to work with banks, not. I think it really probably depended on their back end and what they wanted to take back control of, right? I mean, Mm. I don't know how banks work. I just know what I used to tell people if it seems logical, the bank will do the opposite. (laughs) So as long as you know that, you'll be good. Well, that's, that's, I don't know if I can give that advice, but that's. <laughs> I'll give it. I'm never Switzerland. It's always one or the other. <laughs> so, so again, make sure everybody checks out your podcast, Toe to Toe Podcast for Realtors. Mm-hmm. Um, we've covered a lot of ground here. I mean, we've been chatting for 30 minutes already. Oh, wow. That was um, was there anything else that you wanted to chat about before we signed off here? I know I'm kind of cut, feel like I'm cutting a short here, but. No, I think like if you, I mean, like we had mentioned the the main question that we both always get is, should I be a licensed realtor? I mean, I think I'm happy to chat with you about that because you're right. I mean, honestly, it, it does depend on your goals. It depends on what you want to do. So I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you and concede the win <laughs> to you. <laughs> But I'm happy to chat um, and and help you through that decision and kind of give you the pros and cons of both and see if it fits into your life. And um, my cell phone is actually 513-400-1691. Anybody can call. Oh, boy. I can't believe you just gave your cell phone on this. I don't Um, care. I really appreciate it. This has just been a great to chat with you. There's, there was a lot that we covered here, believe it. You know, when we, when we got on this podcast, we were kind of wondering where this conversation was going to go. And yeah. next thing you know, we chewed up half an hour. But um, between the re- advice around your re- being a realtor, definitely talk to you, Jennifer. I mean, that, that was, I think you'd be a great mentor for somebody. Um, Definitely check out the podcast, Toe to Toe Podcast. We'll make sure those links are in the show notes. You really brought a lot of value around short sale. Some of that stuff I think is really new to our show, and and, uh, I think people have always been curious about how that process works. So really appreciate that. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thanks for having me on. I hope you'll come again. I will. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks. This has been the REI Mastermind Network. You can already tell that we've made some changes and a few more are on the way. If you are interested in what we have planned, head over to patreon.com slash REI Mastermind and support the show today. Financial contributions are always appreciated along with a like, share, and review. It really helps us grow and reach more people with this valuable information. See you next time and tell a friend.